What the hell am I doing? From Kali Media in Nairobi, Kenya, I'm your host, Paula Rogo, and this is the I Have No Idea What I'm Doing podcast. Thank you, ladies, so much for tuning into this first episode. This podcast is for you. It's a podcast for women who are interested in starting their own businesses in East Africa. It started from a personal place of I'm starting my own business and always running into the issue of I have no idea what I'm doing. But in recent years, African women have really taken on prominent roles in all parts of society. We are politicians, we are actresses, activists. But what about business? We all know that Africa is having a moment, the Africa rising moment. And I've noticed that women across the continent are starting companies in all sectors. It can be technology, it's beauty, it's finance. We are starting businesses. And so I have to ask, is this the moment for East African women? Have we finally arrived? I've brought in two super, super smart women to help me figure it out. Joining me now in our studio in Nairobi is Melissa Mbugwa. Melissa is an entrepreneurship and innovation expert, as well as being the managing partner of M&M Consulting, which works with leading entrepreneurs, private investors, and nonprofits in Africa to scale Africa's creative economy to new heights. And Melissa has over six years of experience working with innovators across the continent, from Ghana to Uganda. Melissa, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Also joining us in Nairobi is Shefa Okore. She is an Afro-political feminist. Wow. I'll say that again. Afro-political feminist who also is the vice chairperson of Kenya's Ukweli Party. She's also the program manager at Siasa Place, which promotes political and policy engagement for women and young people. And she is a 2018 Obama Africa Leader Fellow. It's just receipts on receipts on receipts. So, Shefa, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Both of these women have a bird's eye view and perspective on this topic. So let's jump right in. Schaefer, you have a background in politics and activism in the region. Are we in a new moment for East African women in politics and in society? What do you think? Absolutely. And I'm smiling so hard because I think it's because it's it's been a long time coming. Right. And I think that our generation is is blessed to be the actualizers of the dreams of the ancestor. You know what I mean? And it's a beautiful moment and it's unreal in a way in which women are not just saying anymore. We are doing and we are doing it in political spaces. We're doing it in entrepreneurship. We're doing it with activism. We're doing it with art. We're doing it with theater. We're doing it every single where. And it's it's amazing and it feels good. I think that's why I'm smiling so hard. And, I, you know, like I can't contain myself every time I talk talk about this because I never ever dreamt of being in a space of politics because it was always that thing and, and Kenyan politics and East African politics if you observe it is very violent towards women and it's not just physical violence you know it's the financial violence as well it's the emotional violence you know because it's politics is embedded in patriarchy and then patriarchy is the institution that runs the power. And here we are, young women with afros and long locks and tattoos in a space where we were told you don't belong and saying we don't need to belong. This is still our space. So it's a moment and it's a beautiful moment. So Melissa, you're like 
and hawing and hanging from your corner. Yes. Do you agree? Hundred percent. Um, and I was so pleased as well to hear Shafer say the things that I've also observed. Yeah. Even though we've just met, we are the actualizers. All the women who've gone before us and all the hard work they've yes. done um, has allowed us to be the generation that can then step forward and start a business, mm-hmm. start a party, mm-hmm. put on a play in your tattoos and your crazy hair and just however or your suit, however you want to be, get a bank loan whatever, you know. So the external barriers are gone. I think the last frontier is internally. The barrier is in our minds and of course like the cultural in the minds of society now I feel is is, is what we're battling and it's the final frontier. And what you've said is so beautiful. The, the final frontier was internally yeah. because I think that's where we've been stuck. We've been conditioned to thinking that it's it's not yet enough until you qualify in a certain way. And then even when you qualify in that way, remember how we were told education was to be an equalizer? Yes. And then we all went to school and we all became too smart and they told us, but now you're too smart. Oh, yes, now right? we will Yeah, exactly. Now men are intimidated by you. So now you have to tone it down, be a little bit stupid yeah. so we can accommodate you. And then some of us is say, uh-uh, no. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm too smart to tone it down, yeah. right? I want better policies. I want representation. I want to see young women in spaces of power. I want to see young women in spaces of economic empowerment. I want to see young women in mining, young women in spaces of agriculture, young women talking about the blue economy, young women talking Bitcoin, even though I have no idea what that is, by the way, hashtag. But I need to see women because there's nowhere we are going if you're not going with women. Okay, so we have this this thing is in the air. You feel it. We've discussed it just now. Melissa, you've worked with entrepreneurs across Africa. Um... What have you seen in that space in terms of women? Are we there? Are we pushing it? Are we in the innovation hubs, the boardrooms? Where are you seeing us? I'm seeing us, I feel like Nairobi, you know, East Africa and Nairobi specifically is where we we are there the most. They're at the forefront. Other parts of Africa, I would say like South Africa, yeah, women are there. But other parts of Africa, sadly, not quite as, as far as we've come yet. Um, and I, well, I, I'm not going to pretend to understand their policies and so on, yeah. but culturally, definitely, they still have the barriers. You know, the boss women, what yes. Schaefer said, like, yeah. no, I'm going to step out and I, and define for myself what it means to be a leader. Can you speak on what is going on in, say, Dar es Salaam or even like right. Kigali or Kampala? There's stuff going on. Um, and I would say it's like, for example, the same kind of talk and push that was happening in Kenya in like when I was growing up in the 90s early 2000s where you'd see like women's associations and you'd see conferences happening. Do you feel that as well even in like sort of the political and social space for women? What are you seeing in Rwanda Uganda when you're talking to your fellow women and fellow sisters? I'm seeing a lot of women who are not necessarily recognized because of you know because of how still what people want to focus on. So for example in in Tanzania someone like Carol Ndosi who's a freaking big deal mm-hmm. in, in what she does and she champions for the internet and women being hard in, in, in a safer space and she's championing for a lot of engagement politically and a lot of awareness and a lot of active participation because I think that's what we've lacked for a long time where we've known we need to participate we've known we must engage we've known we are needed but we didn't know the how right mm-hmm. so the people now are defining the how and Carol is really trying to do that in Tanzania like mm-hmm. trying to tell people no be like your Kenyan people man they refuse to be quiet. They refuse to be silent. Just speak up. I know it's terrifying and it's a new space for all of us, but we have to. 
In Uganda, there's someone, um, a, a wonderful friend of mine called Patricia Twasima, and she studied human rights, I believe, and, and a lot of good work that support the space that she, she, she exists in. So she's a feminist lawyer, and she does a lot of work in that space as well, and just trying to change perspectives and mindsets around perceptions of women and women holding power and why is why is that a scary thing, you know? And she's also a young female. And there's another, I mean, we all know Stella Nyanzi and we worship at her idol. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, yes. thank you, Stella, for existing in life and for casting everybody out because we need, women need to be allowed to be angry, yes. right? And, yeah. And also that's a, it's a rejection of part of who we are. If we can't, yes. if you're not allowed to be angry, but that's human, right? We've been walking around for generations with anger beneath our tongues. Yes. I'm done. Anyway, Patricia's doing amazing work. Stella is doing amazing work. And then we have Rose Bell who's also doing amazing work in Uganda. And then in Rwanda, we have Nyash who's writing all these things that are not supposed to be written because apparently Rwanda is supposed to be this conservative state. But she's just like, ah, yeah, but still we have thoughts. Can you hear them? If you don't want to, that's okay, but we still have them, right? It's a continental thing that's happening. It's happening silently. Women are coming, man. And Melissa, you know, you get to talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, male and female, like from all over. And specifically with aspiring businesswomen in East Africa. Not that we've never gone into business before, mm-hmm. not that we've never had a, a side hustles or whatever, but why now? Why here? What's going on? What are you seeing? So historically, women have always been in business, like you said, but women tend to be seen as like small business owners, mm-hmm. on, you know, sell your two clothes on the side. Micro enterprise, not even SME, it's like micro enterprise, right? And that's and that's kind of even div- when you think about like development aid and when, when it's funneled towards women, you know, like um, microfinance, it's, it's micro. But the shift I'm seeing and that I'm part of and that I think why we're here um, is because now women are standing up and doing, you know, mining tech. You know, we're like, and there's oil. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with doing micro. And a lot of men do micro as well. Um, It says that this image of women only, we're like, nope, actually, we're here to be on boards. We're here to start uh, businesses that will get big money funding. We're here to do tech. We're here to do engineering. Uh, and that's, that's a shift I'm seeing. And, and so there's a drive now, like I'm part of a number of um, women's networks, you know, overtly training women with uh, leadership skills so they can apply to be on boards, like coaching women on this, this is what it takes to be on a board, for example. So we have an active push um, in that direction, although it's only a matter of time before like the top breaks. Yeah. So we're there, we're there pushing, we're there, edge, 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 edge. there's so many women who are qualified and competent and capable of being CEO, of being chairs of boards, ETC. It's just a matter of like that final push. Yes, actually, you already have the skills and the qualifications yeah. to have actually run for that position. Yeah. But also I feel like there's, and I don't know, because you're in the public eye, mm-hmm. can be violent to be seen as a woman to be outspoken so from what i'm seeing there's also like a fear to put yourself out there can you speak on that a little and do you understand why i do and even just from my own experiences there's 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 layers to it Mm -hmm. right so there is the natural fear of this is new i've never done this before and i'll use myself for example and this being this being public right and i don't know how that looks like because also the the women the the women who did the amazing laid like the groundwork and got us to a space where now i can be in a public space didn't really do much of the literal hand holding right and when we talk about the mentorship and i put that in quotes of what they did was just to show us that it's possible but then nobody broke down what that possibility entails Mm -hmm. and what it takes from you Mm -hmm. even when i joined the party and decided great so now let's run this party let's do this let's change the country 
And then I remember sitting in the boardroom for the first meeting and going blank and looking at all other party members and going like, okay, so who has an idea what a a party leader does? (laughs) Because we didn't know. And for the first thing I learned in that space was there is no formula. And that was the lesson I took. Like there's no formula about leadership, right? Because in that moment, I was just like, okay, let me Google party leadership, you know, and Google is your friend. And then you know what comes? Only men. And then that got me realizing that leadership has a color and it is that gray, ugly, navy blue. Yes. Right? Leadership has a style and it is in trousers and pants and anything else other than that is too soft because it's feminine. So what are you trying to show us your legs for? What are you trying to show us your arms for? Because leadership has always had a particular style. And it's very masculine and that's very patriarchal. Leadership has a hairstyle as well. And it's straight hair or it's short hair and if you see the women who've been in this space before you can see there's a trend where you're only taken seriously if you have some type of straight hair or like short hair like neatness is related to that so me walking into this space with my fro and me walking into this space with my red matte lipstick and me walking into this space with tattoos was like oh wow okay good luck you know what i feel like that's the new image of what uh, leader will be like we're 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 the ones at yes. that moment in history where we're redefining the icons. Absolutely. So I I completely relate with you. I'm like because I grew up thinking oh like will I you know will I be able to achieve the stuff I want to the big things I want to do with yeah. my life in society and be taken seriously yes. because I had decided I'm not gonna not be myself. I'm not yeah. gonna edit my my taste in fashion and you know lifestyle and da da da. Even your voice. Even yeah even my voice exactly. We're not going to go for coaching to sound more manly. And it's not even manly. How does intelligence sound? There's no way to control you. And even the fact that I have always said and I always say I'm here for liberation, even in leadership. And I'm here for full humanization of women. You don't have to be living this lonely, sad life where there's no color. There is nothing of you that it comes from yourself because I am leading. Then you're already walking into it in a false statement because you're false. Because if I said, OK, so what what even makes you happy? And then you're supposed to say the typical politically correct things like I love reading the Bible. I love I love going to church. I love kids. What if you don't? You're, you're speaking thoughts that I've had an observation. This is yeah. fantastic, right? What if What if I just love Netflix and chill? Mm. You know. What if I just want to go to my local bar and just sit there? Does that negate everything else that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You know. Does that rob me of my ability to lead? Yeah. You know. And then again, there's also how do you relate as a single woman in this political right. space of power? Or entrepreneurship or, or just entrepreneurship, any space you're trying right? to. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. these same like, issues like, apply, actually. Everything yeah. she said applies. Because yeah. I feel as an entrepreneur, yeah. I think one thing that really hit me that you said is, who are my role models? Yes. Right. I am an East African woman. Yeah. Who am I looking up to to say, I'm tired of looking at Oprah. She's great. She's yes. great. But Oprah the only way she, she applies to me in very limited yes. ways, yeah, right? Yes. I, I, for you in politics as well. Who yeah. do I look to? You in business as yeah. well and in innovation. Actually, these days just actively look for them. You know, you're just and they usually will, they'll be low key. They're not many, to be fair. And 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 this is not uh, to discredit all the women who've gone before us, but also they've grown up in a different time. So, for example, back then in like 80s, 90s, if you were gonna be boss in mm-hmm. corporate, you had to do the suit thing, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't who you really were, because it was 
just you in a very hostile environment and yeah so you just had to do what you had to do but for us thanks to the women who've come before us now have the freedom to have our tattoos on and our hair and still get the jobs and I think that all also comes to the internal if you're a businesswoman yeah. or a politician mm-hmm. or an actress yes how do you then get to define it for yourself yeah um that's also different from the other women who are doing it i think you just you just do you that yeah. that simple statement do you um and what that means is really working on yourself to understand and appreciate your worth i realized i need to stop looking outside for answers because guess what they're inside it's i am worthy i'm the leader that i have been waiting for i'm the one who's been born into this moment and came of age specifically at this moment so what's different what changed there's just more of us who grew up watching and hearing these messages about what being a woman should be like and about liberation and a fairer society so there's just more of us as a product of all the hard work of of all the women who came before and it's funny i just want to emphasize this is a entrepreneurship podcast and everything we're saying here applies yes. whether in entrepreneurship or just anything as a woman that you're trying to achieve yeah. in life like yeah. everything we're saying here applies uh so this is like important guys like it's internal it's sisterhood it's yes. it's it's now but melissa it's all fine and good that women have more interest in business we are more out there we are willing to try more things but are we getting the the love in return is the business sector actually opening its arms towards women what would you say has been the response to more of us moving into formal businesses the business sector i think because of just the global push around when women are advancing then development is happening because of that push that comes from you know like the development space your uns and world banks etc so then you'll see like banks are actively trying to give more women money women more money you know trying to target you know there's business schools actively trying to recruit more women supporting women one because it's good for the optics two it's <laughs> there's just more money coming in for women so if you as an institution want to get the money then bring the women on board but also three i think because you know there's facts this push isn't happening out of nowhere it's because there's evidence to show that when women are being boss society is being boss and and the bottom line yeah companies that have uh, women ceos are i think something like 25% more profitable or something like that it's yeah so it's facts so right now it's happening um in a kind of we just want to look good i feel like a lot of men will or institutions will just be like okay just like get the women because we also need to look good and you know what i'll accept if that's stage 1 fine if that's what gets us in the door fine but because of that so now i'm going back to the other darker side of that yeah. spectrum the shadow side of this is because the there seems to be no true like understanding or belief that actually women are humans and we contribute we are still fighting then that battle of the mind the cultural the softer thing you you notice it in um interpersonal um re- relationship for example Uh, you're making a pitch to a guy but he's just like mm. you can just tell he's thinking about how he's going to ask you to drinks yeah. still you're like oh, i can now be in the boardroom making this presentation but ah uh, still have to fight that battle and you have to tell him no but also make sure you don't tell him no too hard i cannot wait for the time when that's not going to be an issue i'm not going to have to worry about how i'm going to carefully rebut men's advances i cannot wait for the moment when i'll be able to enter a boardroom just as confidently as a man does yay for the generations coming after us who will not have to think about these things and i want to say like this is such a plug for kali media but this mm-hmm. is why it exists yeah. right so we've agreed we are here it yes. is now this it is, is the yes. moment yes. but i wanted to create a media company 
where we get to be seen yes yeah. just us yes, in yes. in our fullness yes. in all spectrums yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. however we are show up mm-hmm. and you can see us yes. um and you mentioned sort of pink issues yes. and i i want i want to get to this question for you melissa like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the businesses i've seen are in fashion and mm-hmm. beauty mm-hmm. not to take away from them they're very important but what happens now when a mo- woman is moving away from those businesses mm-hmm. or career spaces where we're expected to be what happens when we're in mining mm-hmm. tech politics yeah. energy finance because yeah. um, we are moving in yeah, there. Yeah. So what are women running up against when they move into these spaces? As one of those women yes. who's like started out tech and then now moving to like investment, like venture capitalism, innovation. which is like innovation. Yeah. Um, one, you're always like either the only woman in the room or you and like three others. Yeah. So you're always a minority and, and you kind of just get used to that. And that's not to say all the spaces tend to be hostile. It's just you then learn how to like shout above the men's voices to get your point heard or to, to just maneuver. It's, so it's a it's a journey of learning how to maneuver using your feminine energy yes. and being yourself. But to get your voice heard in this, you know, you're in a locker room, a boy's locker room. You're here trying to bring sense and putting your points across, for example, in a way that they will understand. And, you know, again, which comes with all these issues like of, oh, OK, try not to be so emotional. Da, da, da. So there's that difficulty and that struggle uh, because they won't take you so seriously if you say this with so much passion because you're passionate about the subject. Yeah. But if you start crying, be like, Ay, she's not so stable. Why is having emotion equated to not being stable or built for leadership? Because it's used as a weapon. Emotions are used as a weapon against women. I was once speaking somewhere and I was very passionate about what I was saying, equally to the gentleman sitting next to me. And when the the moderator was now summing up all that we had said as amazing people in the panel, he said, wow, we appreciate our sister Shafer so much for her very emotional contribution. And I also thank my brother for his passionate appeal. We were both passionate. You can tell that they use it as a weapon to say that everything you were saying was really nice and pretty until it became emotional. So we stopped listening. Even for example, saying that tech space as a woman you're expected or it's more acceptable for you to start a fashion e-commerce platform you know as opposed to like a payments platform you know leave that to the men all this is unspoken and even if you went and polled most people they would say no of course i don't think that but it's all subconscious because this is not for us yeah and i think people always have to be reminded this is not for you no like everything you're doing now and everything that you're just speaking about which is just so brilliant i'm just imagining how amazing that would be for the people who come after us mm-hmm. and just find that wow she'd already mowed this lawn and made the stones look nice and the pavement is paved how great that would be (laughs) this is why again i keep insisting that the final frontier of this movement is in our minds and to lead and make the way clearer for those coming uh, behind us so for the girls who are like 16 right now looking to us actually always think of them Stuff like the Me Too, how it's made men now cautious. Yeah, they're like, I can't just go harassing women or saying what I want. And I'm really glad we're talking about, you know, these are things that are hopefully happening naturally, what uh, Melissa just talked about. But are women in leadership positions actually, or even are we creating policies and initiatives to help other East African women succeed? Are those things happening? Have other women helped you get where you are? Absolutely. And I think and I think everybody should, should think of a continuity. Like there should be a continuum to leadership because it can't live in a vacuum, right? I can't die with it. It's, it'll yeah. be ridiculous to have been able to achieve all this and then, oh, there she is. So we're just talking about her in past tense and she didn't do anything. It's being intentional about it because... Every, every space and every door that I have been able to have access to, um, every ceiling that I have shattered, 
And um, I remember a friend of mine challenging me and saying, um, what else are you doing apart from shattering the ceiling? You know? <laughs> yeah. And she was serious. Yeah. And, and I, was, I looked at her, I was like, well, you know, and they said, no, I'm serious. Like I need an answer. And then I said, well, I am trying with all my might to make sure the glass that shatters on the ground or the floor, I can sweep that so it doesn't mm. cut any woman that comes after me. And then she said, okay, at least you have an idea. Because that's the next level. It's not enough to open the door. It's not enough to shatter the ceiling. Because the door might swing the shut. The door might mm. swing shut, right? Yeah. Or you might just walk in, even if it shuts and you can still open it from the inside, you might just sit at the corner office and be happy and glad that you're enjoying the air conditioning and then forget. There's some sisters out there who's sweating, yeah. right? And then now you're terrified because you walked in alone. Everybody else is not you. And you're scared that if I get up from my seat and go open that door, the person coming in might take my seat. So what happens? You see what I mean? So that's the thing. It's not enough just opening the door because there are women who have made the door opening and holding on to the door their work. They stand there and they hold it. So all of us just walk in and we miss them because we are busy just walking in. And forget that these women opening this door are the reason why this space still exists for us to walk in. And on the business side of that picture, I want to see more women being the ones backing the politicians, yes. you know, yes. having that yes. economic yes. muscle, okay. the big ballers. I want to see yeah. women balling. Yes. Or the tycoons yeah. come and say, I see you, yes. you young upstart. Yeah. Please come, come to me. Yeah. Come to me. What difference will will more women entrepreneurs and business women? What difference will we make in our economies and societies? It's going to look like balance in policy making. Who knows how agriculture will look if women had also been involved in that decision making? Who knows how banking would look? Who knows how every single system we live by in the world stuff we take for granted because we don't think about it, we don't question. Um, even cars, how cars are designed. Who knows? Like I probably wouldn't have lower back problems right now if women were also involved. The system that govern how we humans live yeah. will be better designed to fit who we are as humans, men and women. Do you want to add anything to that at all? Yeah. First of all, I just want to like appreciate publicly women who have literally held me up. And it's just recognizing that we have to we have to call them by their names, right? right? Because men walk into spaces and they call people's names, who, people who just probably just gave him a card, mm -hmm. right? And here you are, you have this woman who's just been behind you all this while and you never call them by name, right? Yes. And I have tons of women, right? First of all, you know, it's just, even just you, you know, Paula Rogo, for just having us here and for, for dreaming this dream of having a, a space where we can speak and be heard and be seen. I've had tons of women who hold me up, women who understand what it means to be in leadership and why that is difficult. And I would love to see more women in spaces of power. We look good, powerful. Yes, we do look good, powerful. And wow, that was a really great conversation. I know we covered a lot. So here are my main takeaways. One, the moment is now for East African women. And listen, you better get on board or get left behind. And two, the revolution is happening in all areas and some of the most innovative ideas to hit the continent will be coming from us. Next week, we'll be talking about how to turn that big idea you have into a business. Thank you so much, Shefo Okore, for your words of wisdom. You can follow her on Twitter to discover more of her work for the Equeli Party and Siasa Place. 
Her handle is Achefero. That is at S C H E A F F E R O O. And you can reach out to Melissa Mbugwa for her expertise via her company, MM Consulting. You can find her at mnmconsulting.co, as well as her Twitter handle, which is at Melmbugwa. That is at M E L M B U G U A. I Have No Idea What I'm Doing is a Kali Media production. I'm your executive producer and host, Paula Rogo, and our producer is Halima Gikandi. Our production assistant is Mame Frimpong. The music for this show was created by Ejaye Joshua, a.k.a. Jopi the Chef. And we recorded this episode at the Nan on Record Studio in Nairobi. You can listen to the I Have No Idea What I'm Doing podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, and SoundCloud. It will also be available on our Kali Media YouTube channel. If you like it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Paula Rogo. Until next time. Until next time.